everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kanaka Bits. My name is Sarah Gluck. I am the Chief Operating Officer of the America-Israel Cannabis Association. Our mission is to foster collaboration between North America and Israeli cannabis companies and professionals. And today I have Henry Finkelstein, the CEO of Cannabis Big Data. Henry, how are you today? I'm doing delightful. Thank you for the opportunity to be here, Sarah. Ooh, you're delightful. I wish I were delightful. So tell me, where, where in the world are you today, Henry? I know you travel a bunch. Yeah, we're headquartered out of Boulder, Colorado. Nice, nice. So, you know, we know that there's a lot of data out there. How did you find out that you wanted to be involved with cannabis data? Absolutely. I come from an enterprise data background. I've been working with data for the last decade in my career, and so have my two co-founders, Jason and Levi. And we came from big business, you know, e-commerce, telecom, healthcare, uh, real estate investment funds. Uh, so we have a lot of experience working in more enterprise, larger environments. And when we looked at the cannabis industry, we saw an emerging market that wasn't quite there yet, but clearly had an emerging need for data analytics, for predictive modeling to help empower business owners to make data-driven decisions that help them earn more and stress less. Because at the end of the day, all data is just a toolkit. It's, it's something to help the business and the team to earn more and ideally stress less while they're making more money. And so we saw this opportunity and, and thought it would be, since we're all in Colorado, we thought it would be a great way to apply our existing data skill set to a new market. Right. So what, what year is this? This is three years ago in 2016. So did you find that the market was very receptive to you going in there and, and trying to uh, tell a story with this data? Quite honestly, we are ahead of the curve. And that was specifically the point. If, if you've ever been in the ocean or surfing, you know that you have to start paddling out for a wave before the wave has fully crested, otherwise you're gonna miss it. So we specifically jumped into the market early and to be perfectly transparent, even to this day, the market is relatively unsophisticated when it comes to data and data analytics and best practices for how to manage their data. And so in addition to all of our toolkit proper, we also, spend a lot of time and energy educating the marketplace about ways to use and leverage the data that they already have in their ecosystem. That sounds amazing. You know, it sounds like you're doing a lot more than just collecting this data. Uh, could you talk a little bit more about, you know, what you do more on a day-to-day -day basis at Cannabis Big Data? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking. The toolkit is all about, sure, integrating, plugging in and, and pulling in the data, of course, but that's just the very first step in the process. Then we have to normalize it, clean it up, and then we build analytic and predictive models to have a backward-looking perspective, measuring the key performance indicators, the KPIs, or the metrics, or any sort of charts or reports that help inform the team, as well as predictive models, everything that looks forward in time to 
to be able to say, based on what we know from the past, what can we expect to happen in the future if we do this? And if if we go through this thought process, if we plant these strains and this number of uh, plants of that strain, what's our expected profit? Or if we stock this inventory and this number of this skew on our shelf in the next two months, what's our expected profit from doing that? Because again, all data boils down to maximizing profit. So that's really what we're focused on, is taking that data and turning it into dollars by having the analytic framework to empower and, and the visualizations to empower the team to make decisions that impact their bottom line. Now, do you have any, any case studies that you can mention um, about you know, how you've gone in and helped companies increase their bottom line? Absolutely. We're actually working on a case study right now with one of our first clients called Goodweed. Uh, they're a small cultivator and a dispensary in medical, a medical cultivator and dispensary in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And we're working on a case study with them right now that we should be publishing sometime in Q2. So yeah, absolutely. We have something we're working on. Awesome. So let's, let's get into the, the quote weeds a little bit. Uh, what insights, what are you discovering through this data? We're discovering that by and large companies and managers have a pretty good intuitive sense of what they're trying to accomplish and, and what their business model is, but they don't quite have the same grasp that other industries and other markets have. And this can pose a very serious challenge. You know, I'll give you an example. We won't name names here, but we were recently talking with, uh, retail store in Colorado and the store manager, uh, we were talking about our inventory management best practices and our modules there. And the store manager told me, quote, you know, this is so valuable and important to us because no one in the store is older than 25 and we have no idea what we're doing. We're figuring it out as we go along. So there's so much science and so much analytics that goes into how Target or how Nordstrom or how Walmart or even Amazon stocks its shelves and what products it offers at what price to maximize their bottom line. There is so much there. And in the cannabis industry, these concepts are very much in their infancy. And so the one trend that I can say across the entire industry that we're observing, whether it's cultivation, manufacturing, uh, distribution, retail, even laboratories, really across the board, the one real unilateral trend is that folks are still figuring it out and they're still very much in the early stage of understanding how to make a business out of what they're doing. And the data is critically important for that learning curve and that trajectory. Absolutely. So do you, do you foresee in the next few years, more companies turning to people like yourself to take a look at all this, all these years of data, um, you know, and, and really try to uh, help their bottom line, help help deliver to customers, help their business grow and scale. Yeah, these multi-state operators, we're seeing a huge wave of mergers and acquisitions these, as these multi-state operators come in and gobble up licenses. Right. But For they're buying them up. Millions and millions of dollars. Exactly. 
but they're buying them without exactly knowing what they're going to do with them. Right now, it's very much a, a land grab and an arms race. The more licenses you have on your balance sheet, the more uh, attractive you are to the next round of investment, the more money you have in the next round of investment, the more licenses you can buy up. And it becomes this self-fulfilling, perpetuating cycle until at some point you've got 100, 200, 300 licenses that are sprinkled across multiple states or even multiple countries. And now what? Each and every one of those is on a disparate system. They've got different concepts, different regional market trends, different product SKUs, different everything. And how do you manage an enterprise ecosystem that's so complex without having detailed analytics to drive the boat? And then if you compare that with smaller single location or even a couple of locations within a single state, on a very basic level, they're going to have to keep up with these larger multi-state operators who have the deep pockets and the ability to hire on a team of business intelligence or analysts or whatever the case may be. And so whether you're a mom and pop looking to hold on to your first mover advantage or a big player that's seeking to dominate the market, any which way, the data is going to be critically important to your ongoing success. And frankly, if you're not looking at your gross margins, if you're not understanding what levers you can pull in your business to increase sales or decrease costs, if you don't have that precise clarity in your own organization, with all due respect, good luck. It's only a matter of time until it gets too expensive or too hard to run your business. Right. Now, in, in Denver, let's take Denver, for example, there are over 350 dispensaries, I believe. Do you think there will be over 350 dispensaries in five years in Denver? Um, I don't know how many exact locations there will be, right. um, but I think that boils down to something like mm, perhaps 280 or so companies that manage those 350 locations. And I can guarantee you there are not going to be that many. Well, I can't guarantee anything. But my sincerest hypothesis is that there will not be that many companies. We will likely see, much as we're seeing on a, on a larger scale between states, we will likely see a wave of acquisitions in the Denver region where the larger players see these underperforming real estate properties and buy them up. You know, you look at a McDonald's or a Starbucks, they're as much a real estate company as they are a service food company. And I think we're going to see that trend continue to propagate into retail locations for cannabis as well, where location, 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 the more locations you have under your brand, the more recognizable you are, the more brand loyalty you cultivate. And then conversely, if you're just a small store selling, you know, 70% of your products are exactly what I can get at the store right next door, it's going to be harder and harder to justify the price premiums that smaller stores are asking for. Right. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the next few years here. I, I, I completely agree with you in that, you know, every company needs to leverage as much data as they can. And if they don't, they, they may survive, but the odds are stacked against them. 
Yeah, the odds are stacked against them any which way. So to be able to have the data in your hands to help drive and inform the decisions is just a small attempt to rebalance the playing field because it's going to be harder and harder to compete with these big box retailers that have the resources, the supply chain, the deeper pockets to sustain lulls in, in sales and so on, much like we see in other retail environments. You know, your average Starbucks survives much longer than your average pop-up store. It just does. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the America-Israel Cannabis Association Cannabis podcast. So we have to talk about Israel, don't we? Sure. I mean, Israel is categorically the leader in medical research um, and even to a large extent scientific progress, both on an engineering level and on a, on a, on a uh, academic level, which is sort of the story of Israel. Um, you know, I have family in Israel. Uh, I'm Jewish, so I have a lot of pride in the progress that has been made with such a small territory and so few people, and yet the intellectual capital and the practical accomplishments uh, from an engineering and a, and a scientific standpoint are rival that of the United States, actually far outstrip that of the United States when it's only the size of New Jersey. So it's fascinating to me to watch how active and how productive Israel is around the cannabis plant as compared to quite literally every other country in this world. Absolutely. That's why we do what we do, right? Israel is ahead um, and we want to move the needle forward, especially here in North America. We need, we need Israel, period. So uh, I guess my next question is, had you ever been able to look at any of the data coming out of Israel? And, you know, have you ever been able to synthesize that yourself? We haven't incorporated Israeli data into our product offering, but me on a personal level, I keep tabs very closely on a lot of the scientific um, accomplishments and the scientific studies that come out of Israel. It, the contrast of how seriously Israel takes cannabis as a medicine versus the popular narrative in other contexts, I mean, just as a very, very simple example, we saw uh, a study come out from, I believe it was the Tikkun Olam organization, <clears throat> excuse me, talking about reduction in prescription uh, medications, I think particularly pain medications with a specific focus on opioids yep. and how impactful cannabis was in the reduction of opioids uh, use and overuse in a, a very specific elderly population, I, or maybe it was a cancer population, my apologies. I it think was it was an elderly population. I think I know that the study that you're talking about. Um, and they, they surveyed over 2,500 people with a median age of <clears> 75 <throat> or so. That's right, yes. Yeah, and, and what yeah. they discovered is, is a few things. They discovered um, that around 20% of this population was able to either completely get off opioids or significantly reduce their opioid intake within six months. Yeah, and if I, I may be wrong, and you should double check me, Sarah, but I think the number was even 18, uh, yeah, which- it was, it was 18%. It's, 
<laughs> which struck a particular chord with me is the high, the number of life. It was... Uh, Oh, it's so funny, I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, it was particularly, I don't know, it's, I, I, I have an affinity for that number, and uh, it, was, it was fascinating to me to see it play out in that context as well. Could you uh, quickly explain what the, the number signifies, the number high? Yeah, certainly. The uh, number 18 corresponds to numerology in perhaps some more esoteric Jewish traditions, um, where the word chai is composed of two letters, the 10th letter and the 8th letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so the number 18 is a very, very common number in Jewish, even secular Jewish traditions for gifting because it represents life. So it's very common. I got a lot of checks for $18 for my bat mitzvah. Exactly. Bat mitzvahs, <laughs> weddings, um, these types of large life or, or rites of passage, they typically have some sort of association with the number 18. I can tell you when we did our series seed fundraise, um, our minimum contribution contribution was 18,000. Um, and, and we ultimately raised in multiples of 18 for our round, just because, heck, why not? Right, why not? <laughs> oh. You know, we got a little sidetracked there talking about, you know, the number 18. But I'd like to go back and, and see if there's anything else uh, you want to leave our listeners with. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think on a very basic level, when it comes to data, it, it's not a question of if, but when and who. Because it's clear looking at every other industry, every other vertical in every other industry, that data is categorically important in this day and age to making business decisions that are intelligent and frankly profitable. And operating businesses must have some sort of data prowess, otherwise they won't survive. Right. You cannot and be afraid of data. No. Otherwise, you're afraid of yourself. You're afraid of your own business. You're afraid of your own success. Um, and I would offer, Sarah, that it, the same is true for investors. You know, investors feel like there's a lot of um, hocus pocus in this industry, a lot of unclear valuations. And it can be helpful to have a data-driven investor thesis about how to build out your portfolio and how to think about and analyze prospective companies that you might target for investment. And for that reason, we put together a free data toolkit for investors to help them in their selection process. You can find it at www.cannabisbigdata.co slash investors. Um, that's cannabisbigdata.co slash investors. And after filling out a short survey, you get a data-driven investor thesis and a deal matcher with a, a matching score to help identify what what companies do or do not make sense within your worldview. And like I said, data is relevant at every single nook and cranny in this industry, whether it's companies or investors or ancillary firms or really anything else. Data is a fact of life and it's here to stay. All right, I love it. Do not be afraid of data. It will save your business. It will save your life even. Uh, Henry, thank you so much. 
once again, this is Henry Finkelstein with Cannabis Big Data. You can find them at www.cannabisbigdata. Is it co or com? Dot co. Dot co. Dot co. Henry, thank you so much for taking some time and sharing your insights to our listeners. Sarah, thank you so much for the pleasure of being on this podcast. And I'm going to go have some of that Ica gelt. Oh, yes, please do. And uh, hopefully we'll see you in Tel Aviv one of these days. Mazel tov. Thank you. Wonderful. Bye.